Well, welcome to Called Connected Committed. This week, I'm really excited to be joined by two great friends um, from Lifter, Penny Rabiger and Serdar Ferret, my great friends from that wonderful organization. And we are going to be focusing in this week on enabling flourishing. So as usual, we're going to kick off with a reading from Called Connected Committed, and it's over to Serdar. Off you go. Thank you, Andy. It's a pleasure to be here. Enabling flourishing. Effective leaders set up systems, policies, budgets and structures to enable the flourishing of the children in their care. However, there will be few contexts where there are flourishing children without flourishing adults, and especially those in the senior staff team. The pursuit of human flourishing in adults as in children is multidimensional including the interwoven domains of the academic, spiritual, moral, social and cultural. This is life in all its fullness, and a thirst for it is at the heart of our vision for education. The biblical narrative highlights leaders who create the conditions for flourishing being planted in the right place or conditions. They will be like a tree planted by the water that sends its roots by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought, and never fails to bear fruit. These leaders also know that plants are not always in flower, and when necessary, are patient for the long term. They recognise the challenges and limitations of short-term, one-shot measurement in examinations, and pursue a broader vision of flourishing for their teams, through creating the right conditions, clearing the paths, and allowing people to fulfil their roles. They help each adult to understand their unique contribution to the institution and enable them to bring their best each day. Effective teams flourish because of their diversity and quality of relationships. Jesus built a team of disciples through his ministry, nourishing individual talents, creating high trust, high challenge situations, celebrating variety and giving away authority and encouraging autonomy. Adults and children flourish at different times and speeds, and there is patience for growth. Within the constant clamour of the new, leaders learn that we flourish when we stop doing things. When the gardener prunes the vine, every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. We flourish not for our own sake, but so that we can look outward and give. Leaders and their teams are themselves called to exemplify something of abundant life to which they point. Amazing. Thanks, guys, for reading that so beautifully. I wonder if, I don't, I don't know if you, as you're reading it, what jumps out at you from the text, but um, I don't know, turns of phrase that intrigue you or resonate with you or, you know, what, what kind of jumps out for you as you're reading it? I think, I think for me, what really jumped out was uh, effective teams flourish because of their diversity and the quality of their relationships. Mm. And, for, and for me, I think it's, you know, it's about before we rush to diversity as the answer, we need to think about how we set the scene for those quality relationships and, and how we bring people in and what they what they they 
experience um, when they come in to an organization or to a relationship or to uh, a piece of work. So that, that really interested me. Yeah, that's a really interesting angle on it that I've not thought. So, 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 so almost you're saying that, that without focusing on the quality of relationships first and, the, and in principle, the sort of pursuit of, or chasing down of diversity is actually on quite shaky ground. Is that kind of what you... I, I think what, so. I think... Yeah, I think that's really helpful. Really helpful. I think we've made, we've made the case for diversity being a good thing, right? Even if you just look at like McKinsey and Co research, yeah. where they say it broadens perspectives and enables better decision-making. But if you think about school leadership and about staff and bringing people in, it, the difficulty is bringing people in, but it's also difficult to retain people because if the relationships between the people aren't sound, then bringing people who whose worldviews may differ is going to make that even you know, that's going to challenge the status quo even more. Mm. So I think, and I think that links also to the work we do at Lifter, that to see that flourishing, you need to have a range of opinions, you need to have quite robust discussion about challenging topics, but a teacher can't do that unless the quality of their relationships with the children in their class is such that that level of discussion is going to flow naturally and not be really jarring for everybody. Mm -hmm. That's really helpful. Thank you. So the, what, what kind of jumps out for you? Well, the really important point that children won't be able to flourish uh, unless the adults are flourishing. Right. So we have to make sure that our, our teachers, our team members are also flourishing. Yeah. What's it? And I mean, we, we probably talk about the word flourishing quite a bit, not least because it's, it's, um, you know, in the, in the science inspection schedule, it's the key word and so on. What, what, what does it kind of mean to you when you hear flourishing? I mean, it's particularly, I suppose, in the, in the time of the, the season that we're going through at the moment, but, but, but more broadly, what does, what does kind of, what, you know, when you hear the word flourishing, what do, you, what do you kind of think of? Well, it's unsurprising for anyone who knows me that I've got quite a, a, a honed opinion on what that, that might mean. So yeah. I really feel that, in school leadership, in teaching, in workplace kind of performance management, we focus so much time and effort on things that we're rubbish at and that we hate. You're always being asked to get better at things that you don't like and you're not good at. And I think flourishing for me is, is about, you know, I love the imagery of the plants because it, it is about understanding that for a tree to be strong it does need a certain amount of wind battering it that will strengthen the roots but too much and the you know it will be flattened by the wind and it will be uprooted so for me it's about finding each other's strengths passions tapping into each person's essential why because the reason why somebody will be doing what they're doing in life um you know why they had that calling to do that thing will be different some people do it out of a deficit out of pain out of what they didn't get some people do it because they so felt that you know being at school and being a child was so wonderful they want to nurture that in others and i think it's about flourishing is about knowing the strengths knowing what people need in order to give their best and to be their best um, whether they're children or adults and 
drawing on that. So I want to know everyone that I work with, I want to know where their strengths lie and, and build on those strengths. And I want them to know my strengths and I don't want them to focus in on my weaknesses necessarily. Um, I want them to draw from my flourishing strengths and to help me make those flourish. Yeah. Yeah. That's really, that's, that's really helpful. I mean, we, we, we talk a lot about that. Um, the, the, the bit in that pa passage that you've, that, that we've looked at, just today, like this notion of um, adults flourishing, something that's really worth highlighting is, I think because a lot of what has been written about flourishing tends to focus, in education at least, tends to focus on children, which is quite right, so it should. Um, you know, if, if education isn't about children flourishing, then we've got a pretty major problem right but 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 sometimes that can feel like at the cost of the adults so like you, you know my background as a teacher you sort of feel, as you say penny you sort of feel like you've got to do more and more and more and more for the sake of um and and teaching is a very um selfless task in many ways you want what you know every hour that you teach in the classroom you, you essentially empty yourself into the it, and sometimes that's well received and sometimes less so but, but that notion of actually flourishing as an adult, I mean, it's a beautiful thing to be in a classroom where the adult is flourishing and it's a deeply worrying and depressing thing to be in a classroom where the opposite is, is true. Cedra, I wonder if what, what you, I mean, you picked that out. What, what, what's a flourishing adult look like to you? you know, what's the ecology of flourishing together? Well, we're trying to make Lifter a place where we have lots of flourishing adults. And I think it's important to remember that we're all in this together. Um, and this applies to, to the world, but also uh, for organizations. You know, we're all in this together. We are all each other's environments. Um, and we have to keep each other happy and our well-being is super important if we are to perform and flourish uh, in any way. And this is what we're trying to do. And it's been particularly challenging over the last nine months, uh, particularly as we've had very little contact with each other, physical contact in the same room and we've tried to adapt um, by doing things differently um, so we've increased the frequency of sort of check-ins and, and team meetings we didn't used to have weekly team meetings what we do now they're not very long but just to check in with everyone just to see if everyone's okay um, people share personal stories often in these in these check-ins um, we started a slack channel called lift a love um, where we all share <laughs> positive stories um, and I think this really really helps and we and we celebrate each other in a really cheesy way we, we, we always sort of thank each other and show gratitude um, and we've done that more over the last nine months than we had before and I think it's it's you know we haven't talked about it but we've just done it I think yeah. we, we've noticed that it's really really important to keep people's spirits up so these are two practical things that we've been doing to try and make our adults flourish a bit more uh, in difficult times. Yeah, I mean, that's an interesting idea. How we, how, how, I mean, no one would think it would be odd if in a school children were celebrated. You know, that'd be pretty, pretty normal. You'd hope that would be a feature of any good lesson, in fact. But the celebration of adults can, you know, Penny, as you say, can feel sometimes that, you know, the, the good is a sort of given and, and, and our job is to kind of root out the problems and, fix bad things you know as leaders what what 
what does I mean? What does it feel like to be celebrated? I, I, I love um, that. Yeah, I think, my colleagues are listening to this. I yeah. want to be celebrated too. Well, do you know what? I, and I think that's also one of the benefits of using technology. Yeah. Um, you know, flourishing people don't aren't drowning under a deluge of chain emails. And so even something, I don't want to do like a whole advertorial for Slack, but even something like a tool like Slack can really help you um, to, to make sure that you're celebrating each other appropriately, that you're able to share things that are work-related and things that aren't. So, you know, if, you, if we go through all of the different discussion groups that we have on Slack, one of them is just called random. And that's where we, you know, put silly things and videos and all of those things where you feel a bit of an idiot to send that to some serious male group, but it's all right to spend a few minutes during the day just having a laugh over some funny phone, you know, funny video of a, a dog skateboarding or whatever. Um, and we also have one where we where we learn from each other. So we post in things that, you know, interesting articles that we've read or um, things like that. So I think celebrating each other also extends to allowing people to bring their whole self to work. And that includes their interests, their hobbies, um, their quirky sense of humor, um, just, you know, giving yeah. a place for that. Um, and, and people, you know, we, we, when we've done performance reviews once a year, we give 360 anonymous feedback and the impact that some of the places where we've allowed ourselves to celebrate each other has been phenomenal. One colleague did a, a little session on mindfulness because it interested him and a couple of people fed by the fact that it actually has changed the way that they eat, the way that they walk, the way that they kind of are present. Oh. Amazing. You know, so so that way of celebrating people, I think, also is really important. Yeah, that's really helpful, and it, and it feels it feels like what you, yeah, what you're what you're talking about is a kind of valuing of the whole person, as opposed to simply yeah that person's job title. As exactly, <laughs> and also going back to the image of the plant, you know, if we nurture each other to flourish, then those beautiful flowers and fruit give beauty and give nourishment to everybody else in the team, right? So it is my job to see you succeed and to see you flourish. Absolutely. We are all each other's environment. Yeah, we rise by lifting others. Mm -hmm. I'll say that, hang on, there was was some great quotes there. We are, go again. We, we are each other's environment. I, I think this is. That's I think it's. I, th- I think it's. I think it's mine, Andy. I've been saying it for years. We are all Have each you? other's environment. Yeah, and and I, well, it's probably not right. So someone's probably said it before. Um, but you know, we are all each other's environment. And I say this to my friends who who just want lower taxes, who earn quite a lot of money. Um, you know, if if someone on the street is unhappy, that affects me when I walk past them. If we want to look at it in a from a really selfish perspective. Um, you know, we are all each other's environment. And, and there's yeah. the concept of Ubuntu as well, which is yeah, I right. am because you are. Yeah. yeah, that's another well-known one. And then the, the kind of women-ed thing that I've, I've stolen, or I'm sure they stole it from somewhere else, but we all share it, is we rise by lifting others. Yeah, I love that. You know, the, the power of being altruistic or, or just sharing some of your skill or the fact that you're you're flourishing at the moment, somebody else might be wilting a bit if you can share a bit of that energy. Yeah, I love that. And love also that. sharing, sorry, sharing stories of human flourishing. 
I mean, I think this is what we do by default. Mm. Um, so we are sharing lots of stories of humans who have, in on many occasions, gone through adversity, and that comes through the stories as well. Mm. But in the end, all of the stories we share on Lifter are stories of human flourishing. Mm. And actually, um, there is a brilliant study that shows that experiencing inspiring human stories, so for example, stories of other people's accomplishments or moral fortitude and determination uh, in the face of difficulties and obstacles, this triggers a powerful intrinsic motivational force in people and in learners, yeah, right. inspires them to take action. It's inspiring, it's uplifting, um, and the study actually says that it inspires them to take action, which is really, really important. Mm -hmm. Listen, um, t tell us a bit about Lifter. You, we've we've been hearing a little bit about it in these opening minutes, but tell you know for those of us, uh, for those listening who don't maybe know what it is yet, um, give us a quick overview what it, what it is, what the vision is, how schools can get involved, and how it relates to the topic we're talking to. I don't know who that's best pitched at, but whoever whoever's best to answer that, go for it. Go, Sedar. Okay, so Lifter, it's a platform that allows teachers or that invites teachers to create powerful lessons and assemblies using powerful human stories, stories of human flourishing, if, if you will, uh, from around the world. Uh, and what they can do is they can give children a window into the lives of people from all across the globe, um, where they can actually go into somebody's home or workplace, look around in 360 degrees on a computer or tablet, and in each space that they can explore, there are hotspots. So there are clickable elements. And these clickable hotspots open up various multimedia. Uh, these could be uh, photo galleries. They could be rich media articles. They could be um, interactive um, articles. Or uh, they could be short documentary films. Uh, and in each space, there's always at least one human be being who can be brought to life with a short documentary film. And, and so, so that's the, the content side of Lifter. And our vision is that by the time a child leaves school, they would have been to every country in the world. They'd have had at least one meaningful human experience uh, in each country in the world. They'd have seen numerous slices of life. Uh, they'd have been exposed to lots of different cultures, different languages, uh, lots of people in different jobs. Uh, they would have seen lots of different skills and values and attitudes in action. They'd have experienced the matrix of diversity and we believe strongly that this would um, not only have a positive impact on that child's education, but also on society, because they would leave school, um, having been all around the world, they'd leave school as a global citizen, um, and, and they would know their power uh, in the world as well. And I'll just, just add a little bit to that as well. So I think core to the Lifter experience, in addition, is that we train teachers to sort of be able to see and understand and have a go at weaving in sustainable development goals, skills, values, um, human stories. So we spend quite a bit of time working with teachers to get them to really connect to those principles, those ideas and those concepts, and then help them to flourish in the classroom through delivering lessons that that are structured less around, I think we get bogged down, don't we, with the kind of routine and the detail. So more thinking about what, what kind of citizens are we trying to bring into a global world and how do we ensure that wherever they live, whatever 
the barriers that they may face or the privileges that they have how do they meet with the world so that's a core part of what we do is that training it's a critical part of what we do yeah thank you yeah. Kenny. really helpful and um i mean one one of the things that we as as you know through this we we continue to strive to go deeper and wider and in is our is our commitment to celebrating diversity and that sounds like a really practical way that schools particularly in this period of time where the vision for traveling the world is you know not so practically accessible but i mean i mean one thing i'd love to talk to you about is is um is how that can help um yeah school schools um improve just their approach to diversity particularly particularly if I'm honest, in, in parts of the country where sometimes it might be said, oh, well, actually the local population doesn't have a great breadth of ethnic diversity. And so, you know, here in wherever, that's kind of just how our community is. It feels, it feels like that's, this, this could be a great opportunity for schools to, you know, to release the children's imagination and to make actual connections rather than just hypothetical connections. I, th I think if you, if you live, anywhere in this country you're going to be exposed to different people from different cultures socioeconomic backgrounds religions genders but it's so easy to just stick to your very narrow social circle and frame of reference right so whether you live in a diverse community or not you, you only have to look in you know a london playground um, to see that children do tend to stick with their kind of comfort groups um, and it takes quite a lot within the curriculum to to build those friendships and trust relationships and intercultural kind of um, interactions so I think yeah I think technology is a really good way to challenge your own echo chamber and to, to purposefully seek out and bring in cultures contexts things that are different from your frame of reference you know, and, and we know that a lot of children we work with have, have never left their postcode and, and some of their teachers, that might be true for them as well. So I think it is a really good way to spend time with people who seem different, um, but always with a view of looking for the common ground, you know, that you, you will spot what you have in common with people first and you work out outwards from there you know, trusting and loving way to see, you know, what is what is different. But that's a that's a kind of collective endeavor to start with the common ground and work outwards from there. And I, and I think that's what we try to do is to bring that international dimension, bringing the world into the classroom um, in a way that that recognizes common ground. Yeah, amazing. That's great. I mean, if, if, um, if people listening to this want to kind of check it out i don't hesitate it's such a great resource to bring this whole thing to life in a in a, in a, in a really engaging way um you know some really simple resources in in a, in a, in a great in, in, i mean that in a very positive way and deeply profound resources in in many other ways and, and that sense of empathy and mutual understanding and just a much deeper understanding of what flourishing you know internationally means so really commend that um 
and really encourage you guys in what you're doing. I mean, thank you for providing it for the education sector. It's, it's incredible. I mean, how, how, do you, how do you think that, um, you know, how do you think that understanding other settings helps us actually flourish better in our own context? Well, I think firstly, learning about things that we don't know about uh, enriches us, right? right? So if we are, if we are in a monocultural setting, for want of a better way of describing it, then learning about other cultures is enriching. It, it, yeah, we, we leave school richer. We talk a lot about reflecting society in, into the classroom or, or in classrooms. And when we look at, say, mainstream media, uh, we, did a, um, we did a study recently at Lifter where we looked at 10 years of cinema and we looked at the 10 the top 10 UK box office hits over a decade, so 100 movies. And we made a collage of the leading actor in each of the top 10 movies for a decade. So it's a collage of 100 faces. Um, I'm just going to give you a moment to guess what that collage looks like, Andy. Mm -hmm. yeah, probably not necessarily reflect the diversity of the society in which they were living, perhaps. I'll just guess, so 100 faces. How, how, how is this comprised? From, from, from blockbuster movies, I would think yeah. that, that it's, I wouldn't like to guess the percentage, but I think it's a high percentage of white. Um, do you want me to guess the age as well? No, no, not the age, just, just I think, <laughs> gen, gender and... and um, well, I'm sure, I'm yeah. sure it's massively overrepresented by those from a white background, and I would, th I would think... Um, from a male background, I would, I would, a male background, a male gender, I would, ima I would imagine, uh, uh, except for probably some exceptions where perhaps more objectifying women comes into play in casting. I would think. I don't know. If, is that is that a reasonable <laughs> yeah. guess? I think that is. Yeah. So seven, it was seventy nine men. Wow. Um, Twenty one women. Um, six people of color. Um, men and women of color. Yeah. No, zero women of colour. Oh, no women of colour. No women of colour. So, wow. Um, and that's UK box office hits. So obviously most of these productions are American, um, but this doesn't reflect US society or, or UK society, right? Crazy. Um, um, but we are saying it's not, you know, great. We should be reflecting society in, you know, in a really diverse setting. Like London is great to reflect society into the classroom. Um, but I think we should strive for more than that not just reflect society, but actually look outwards and try and enrich um, our students, uh, no matter how, how uh, diverse as a society they happen to live in is. Yeah, amazing. That's, that's a really powerful exa example, yeah. And um, yeah, I don't know, I think, I, think, I think one of the things that we're trying to say in this, in this document is, is, is that part of our role as leaders is to enable that and to release that and to, to not see it as a kind of like alternative, you know, a kind of sideline activity of education, whereas the main game is something completely different, but actually that the kind of the releasing of flourishing in children and adults and by implication between children and adults is, is like pretty foundational to any um, strong vision for education, I, I think. Um, you know, regardless of where any sort of religious connotations are, I think I think it's just a pervasively 
deeply important part of what and I think I don't know I don't know what you think of this but I think even the 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 um, pandemic season that we're that we're continuing to live through I think it probably to me it heightens the sense of what is this all about you know it and, and it sharpens our thinking in that way and I makes think so. question things in a, in a much deeper way I think I don't know what your views are I think this pandemic, it's just shown us that as educators, we need like social, moral, spiritual enrichment, you know, and the, and the, it is about collective social responsibility, right? Regardless of faith, regardless of, you know, how you vote, we need that for our teaching and learning and we need it for ourselves and our students to, to flourish. And you can see we're, the pandemic has ensured that we're all restricted in ways that even the most luxurious physical environment and money cannot solve. Yeah, right. you know, okay, it's easier for me because you know I have a home that I feel comfortable in and I have a, you know a family that I feel comfortable with and I'm okay. But even that can't solve. And I think the pandemic is exactly about harnessing that human experience, the resilience, the creativity, the human connection that's key to flourishing. And you see how communities, you know, my local community has really come into its own with creative ways of feeding people, of caring for people, of knowing who is in your neighbourhood, even coming out on your doorstep and clapping. You're suddenly like, oh, I didn't know these people lived on my street because I've never seen them because we're all busy heads down rushing to work so I think weirdly the pandemic with the tragedy and the pain that comes with it it's also forced us to be creative to be collective you know and it's enough to breathe on someone and you can kill them so we need to really look after each other it's rem reminded us that we're all each other's environment <laughs> yes exactly I love that uh, can I ask a very bold question are there t-shirts that I can buy that say <laughs> we are each other's environment because if there are not can I just begin the campaign for wanting a t-shirt like that I'm googling it now but you yeah, can uh, yeah. there must be some like online t-shirt companies I'll send you a link later of my favorite one where when we come up with a funny saying uh, we, we get it printed on the t-shirt yeah guys thank you so much for joining us on this episode it's been really interesting um you've you've given us some great insights and real gems and um and like I say, if you if you if you know the work of Lifter, you'll know how brilliant it is. You know, double down on your commitment to it. And if you've not heard of it or not experienced it, then then um, you know, grab yourself a coffee and log on and check it out because it's a great resource and a great experience for your schools, both for your students and also for the staff who's flourishing. We're just as interested in so. Penny, Sarah, thank you so much. Mm -hmm.